Hey, it's Elle. And Anna. And you're listening to the Baby Project Podcast. In this podcast, we will discuss our journeys, as well as other warriors going through the ups and downs of infertility. Um, there's ups? <laughs> yes, there's ups. Okay. As a reminder, be kind to yourself and skip as needed. We know some topics may be triggering. Let's get talking. countdown it is uh Elle's story part four her final chapter of the book so for those listeners um probably want to know how it unfolds but uh just a recap from her uh Elle's part three she had confirmation from the ultrasound tech that it was 200 percent confirming that it was a girl she had three confirmations that it was a girl she left us hanging at 23 weeks so then continue on Elle what happened after well (laughs) well, I was just saying to you now before we started recording that I feel like a little nervous talking about this topic because this is the most current sort of um chapter in my story where the other ones were you know some of them were years and years ago so it gets a little easier as time goes on but this one is very fresh Mm -hmm. um and you know very right in the forefront of my mind so uh I really want to like talk continue talking about the pregnancy and stuff like that it was pretty uneventful um (laughs) there's nothing much to report from week 23 to week 40 um the time flew by uh, I was working like crazy. Yeah. Uh, my husband was working like crazy. We were, you know, trying to be, you know, cautiously excited. Um, it's a really fine line. And I kept saying like, how do you feel two things at the same time? But you do, you feel two things at the same time. You're absolutely terrified, but you're thrilled at the same time because, you know, you're starting to get excited now that your little one's on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, after the 23 week ultrasound, like the anatomy scan and the 20 week, uh, 23 week, uh, 3d that we did, we then started setting up her room. Oh, cause we were pretty confident that it was a girl at this point too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, so we started setting up her room. My sister had given us some clothes. So we started, you know, organizing that, um, packing our bags for our trip because we had far away to go to get to. Um, our surrogate so we were making those arrangements um, our hotel like booking that sort of thing what we were going to do um, talking about like our birth plan and what we sort of in how we envisioned things going um, and we had last piece with the lawyers to, to deal with which they send a kind of a courtesy letter to the hospital mm-hmm. and at bigger hospitals typically they will send it to the social worker there. And sometimes the social worker arranges a meeting with the IPs and the surrogate and maybe like the manager on the floor or whatever. I'm not really sure who is involved. Um, but then that way everyone's on the same page and they know kind of what you're looking at when they're coming in for the birth. Mm-hmm. But because this was a small town and a smaller hospital, it just went straight to the floor, to the unit manager. And that was it. <laughs> we didn't hear anything else. Um, there was no kind of follow-up. I'm going to go back to the room assembling the room at this point you haven't ever gotten to that point in time yet so was that was like a dream I I cried the whole time we painted the room oh yeah 
because I kept looking and you're watching it transform into something, right? Right. And it, it had been something that we had wanted to do for so long. And back in the beginning of our, like our journey, when we were first trying naturally or just trying to start a treatment, I would pick up a, little things here or there that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was positive, before I was a miserable bitch, um, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I like this cute little trinket, whatever. It's going to go in our baby's room. And I would, um, I practice meditation because of course, you know, if you think positively enough and you wish something enough, it will happen, which is a bunch of bullshit. But so I would sit in our empty room in our old house and I would meditate in there and I would envision what it would look like as a nursery. And I put all like in my mind, I would put all the furniture and how I would arrange it. I would spend hours in this empty room, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, get trinkets and stuff like that. So I ended up with this little like box Mm -hmm. of stuff that I, you know, picked up over the years. Uh, I threw most of it out. You did? (laughs) It was actually, instead of it being like, oh, this is great. Like I finally get to use it. It was more painful than it was a a happy thing for me. Wow. And like a total, you know, individual experience. Right. But Mm -hmm. for me now looking at these tokens, it was, it marked pain. It didn't mark triumph or anything for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I let most of the stuff go. It wasn't a big things anyway. It's not like I spent thousands of dollars or anything, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, wow. And uh, when you, with the plan, were you nervous that giving the plan over to the floor manager or whatever, were you nervous that it wouldn't unfold? I guess it's everybody's worry that it's, it's going to unfold, not the way that you want it. Oh, we were, I was absolutely terrified. So was my husband. We were terrified. Mm-hmm. We were terrified that we were going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I printed out a copy of that letter. I printed out a copy of our contract because yeah. you're thinking like, just in case, what if they say the baby, like you just start thinking of these astronomical situations, which is so you know untrue, but you know, what if they say the baby's not ours and they don't give it to us. And, you know, I remember us having a conversation with the surrogate and she's like, it doesn't matter about this letter. Mm-hmm. right like you know she's so matter of fact she's <laughs> like doesn't matter about the letter you're going home with your baby doesn't matter what they say yeah doesn't care like she's like don't care because it's your baby you're going home with that baby one way or another that's good so that she brings you down to earth a little <laughs> yeah 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 oh. I could I can easily float away <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry continue Wanted to know about the room and the, the no, worries. It was, it was a great day. Like we had the best time painting the room. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, we had our, the, you know, the music going and we had an awesome time. And then we went to Ikea oh, and yes. got lost wandering, you know, through, it's a huge store. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people, maybe everywhere know Ikea, but it was a <laughs> really big furniture, furniture. Home, home store. Yeah. Uh, so we got some of our stuff from there like the dresser and a side little side table and whatever so we started to put all that together um and go shopping for that was just that was it we got starbucks and we you know went down to ikea and it was like a whole date night also really fun because never let ourselves think happy and you know start to prepare surreal it's like a a dream coming true you're living your dream you pictured that Mm -hmm. After you're married, walking around with your husband, picking out the crib and the furniture, and then you're actually living it. I think we, we take it for granted. We just assume that that's going to be the next natural step progression. Yeah. And a natural step. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, it sucks. And then when it doesn't happen over and over and over again, 
you know, it's hard to ever pull yourself out of that hole to think that you'll ever be on the other side. And then Mm -hmm. the really shitty thing that, you know, infertility robs you is of that. Yeah. You know, is of that innocence, number one. And it almost, it tries to rob you of that happiness. You know, when you, you want to be happy and excited for what good things are happening, but same token, you're, you're scared it's going to be taken away from you because mm-hmm. you're so used to loss. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, you know, cautiously excited, um, <laughs> tried to keep as busy as possible. Like I said, with work and, you know, keep our minds distracted as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the fear of the unknown and the fear of complications or shit that can arise because it's not happening to you. Mm-hmm. we're so removed in this, mm-hmm. in this surrogacy situation. Like I'm not the one that's pregnant. I never felt any bump, bumps or kicks or anything like that. So, you know, leaving your trust in somebody else um, to, you know, communicate with you and let you know what's happening. Um, that really helps to kind of ease your mind. And mm-hmm. like for us, pretty much it, you know, we spoke with our surrogate every day um, via text and, no news is good news. So if she wasn't telling us that something was going on, I just thought, kept thinking in my head that everything is fine and, Mm -hmm. you know, not let my imagination run away with me. It's just, it's hard to imagine that, that, you know, this is going to come to an end, that we're at the last leg of our journey, Mm -hmm. that we deserve this, that these good things are happening to us. So it's hard to not sabotage yourself throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you dream of it happening, but you never actually like, I stopped picturing it and I could never like, you know, if I do like a fast forward to where I am currently, I could never have imagined where I am now, even back in July. Wow. You know, it like, it was, it's where I am now is unlike anything I ever could have dreamed of. I could never, my imagination is not smart enough to think of that. (laughs) And you're pretty smart. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pretty creative, but I'm not that creative. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in the last, like that 23 weeks on, um, our last stretch, we were now, you know, coming down to, you have to figure out what you're going to do with work. And, um, we, I chose not to tell anyone, um, mm-hmm. at work of my, you know, infertility battles of my surrogacy journey and anything like that. Mm-hmm. so now is coming time you know it's the clock is ticking she's 23 weeks 24 weeks 25 weeks and I'm like shit I need to tell my boss because I'm going off on you know on mat leave uh, in a few months yeah um and then also my only my close close family and I think just a couple of friends knew mm-hmm. um same with my husband's family as well none of his family knew just his parents so we had to tell our family Um, so we had to kind of plan what we wanted to do for that. So, uh, with work, I decided to go in, you know, guns blazing and, uh, tell my manager everything. (laughs) I did a really watered down version. I didn't get into specifics with him, but I did tell him, you know, the reason I was going off and that sort of thing. Cause you don't, by law, you don't have to, which I found out if you're going on a leave of absence, you don't have to tell your employer what the specific reason is for your leave of absence, because there's lots of protected leaves of absences, but in my case, I wanted to share that with him finally, because, um, I had, you know, went through a couple of, um, leave of absences for other, you know, reasons and he didn't know of, and I was never really specific with him. And he was so supportive and great that I kind of wanted to full circle 
and be like, sort of, this is what I've been going through. And I've been trying to, you know, secretly get through it. And here I am now. Mm-hmm. So um, he took it very well. He was extremely supportive. The only thing was I hit him with a sort of two in one. Um, Cause when I went to him in the end of July, um, I had found out that I was going to find out in a couple of weeks if I was eligible for some surgery that I've been that I had had to have I've been waiting for because of the pandemic everything was pushed back and um, postponed and stuff so I had told him like it's I'm going off in November for sure um you know on parental leave but um I may be going off sooner for surgery so I hit him with a two <laughs> unfortunately and uh, he was very gracious about it so then we had to figure out how we were going to tell our family. Anyways, what we did was we worked on um, a picture with a message that was really straightforward. It took me many, many months to write. And I wrote it over and over and over again, edited it. And, well, you know, you helped me edit it as well. <laughs> it was really nice. It was so simple, but to the point. Um, and didn't really leave any area areas for people to question things. And you know what's funny? I did must have done about a hundred Google searches. How to tell your family and friends, how to tell your coworkers, how to tell friggin' the grocery store clerk, you know, how to tell whoever <laughs> you walk into, bump into, um, that you're having a baby via surrogacy. So mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. There's nothing out there. So if anyone has any like good links to websites that have good information, like send it our way and we'll put it up wherever we can find because you know, we need that support for people who IP is going through surrogacy. But I happened to stumble across a blog and I didn't, I just read it and then I forgot and I couldn't find her again, ever again. Um, and she wrote an email to her family and it was very similar to what I ended up writing because I read her email and I just loved the way that she put it together. Mm-hmm. And it was very straightforward and to the point, but it was a sort of a this is what happened. This is what we're doing. Don't ask us any further questions. About mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. and I liked that mm-hmm. um, you know, sharpness of it in that this is not an open invitation to, you know, a Q and a session. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know more, that's different, you know, come to me one-on-one and I felt they had genuine sincerity, um, you know, wanting to know about my condition or, you know, what we went through to get to this point, then I would definitely, you know, spend the time talking to them about our situation. Other than that, just for, you know, nosy family members who just want to know, but don't really care. Um, they don't need to know, you know, the journey that we went through and all of the things that I've been through physically and personally to get to where we are today. So the announcement was great to be able to say like, hey, we've went through a hard time. Um, Here's where we're at now. This is really great news. We're super excited. We want to keep looking forward to the future. Let's celebrate where we are. And, you know, we'd love you to join us in this celebration. So um, I ended up sending it out as a text. Mm -hmm. I sent the picture. uh, We made it into a picture and I sent it out as a text. Um, At the same time, my husband and I, we put it in all of our like contacts to who we wanted to send it to. And, yeah. you know, we, we clicked send, 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 send one after the other for all his family and all my family. Um, and the response was overwhelming. It was, it was oh. overwhelming. Um, my uncle called within two minutes and he was crying. <gasps> oh. And so he made me cry and he was just like, I'm so happy for you guys. So all of my fears 
nothing came to fruition. <laughs> yeah, it was quite the opposite, actually. Yeah, well, it was, it was funny because you're up at a trailer or cottage or something. And it was a Saturday and you're like, Em, I'm ready. I'm ready to send it. Like, do you think like, you can have it like edited? And I'm like, like now? And then like four minutes or five minutes later, never mind. It was just a little, little glimpse of bravery. I'm pretty sure we did that for like two months. Yeah. We did that and- back and forth for two months where I had like a moment of courage and my husband was so supportive. Like he would have announced it kind of whenever it was yeah. me who was the one who was more reserved and more calculated with when I wanted to say what I wanted to say. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just remember I, I would have like these fleeting moments of being courageous and be like, fuck it. I just want to tell everyone. I want to shout it from the rooftops. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm pumped. This is happening. And then I'd be like, no, 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 yes. no forget it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think well, you know, what did work was when we would meet for our podcast stuff. I'm like, okay, this is a timeline. You have to tell our boss by this date, because guess what? You need to help me plan for A, Y, and like ABC. And then you have to tell your family by this date. So I think having some deadlines, you have no choice. You just have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) And like that night we sent it out on a Sunday. Yeah. And that night I actually sent it out at like nine o'clock, 9.20, I think we sent it out. We were sitting in our living room with our phones in our hands, ready to send a message from like six o'clock. Oh. <laughs> it took us that long to send it. Like I was shitting my pants, nervous. And it's stupid. I look back now and I'm I type of person I care about what people think. I do. I want people to like me. I I don't I think I don't know if I've said it before in like, you know, our conversation or on the podcast. I don't want to be a fucking trailblazer. I don't want to be the one that has to stand up and do something different and educate you on it. I just want to toe the line in the back quietly and live my life peacefully and, you know, do what I want to do when I want to do it. Like, you know, I don't want to do this cool shit that nobody's done before. And like, you know, so Mm -hmm. anyways, you did it. I did it. And I'm so happy the outcome was positive and so responsive and it's what you needed. Yeah. And like the dumb questions went on behind my back. Thankfully, none of my family um, asked me any of the questions. Like my uncles, they talked mm-hmm. amongst themselves. My aunts talked amongst themselves and tried mm-hmm. to figure it out. And then the ones that I'm close with would come to me and be like, oh, your uncle said this, da, 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 he's such an idiot or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, well, at least he's not asking me the stupid questions. So yeah, educate yourself, you know, go online and do a Google search and you'll find all you need to know. Yeah, that was that. Um, as far as telling people, which was a huge step because yes. it was something I was holding on to for a long time. And I just felt liberated afterwards. I think it really helped us to like lift up our spirits a little bit more into that like le- level of excitement. And it's real, yeah. right? Saying yeah. it to people and announcing it, it's real. It's mm-hmm. go time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as we were getting excited, we were also distracted because again, um, I did get word that I could have surgery Mm -hmm. um, and that they were willing to, because then now I'm also talking to the secretary at the surgeon's office and I'm like, um, I have a baby coming. (laughs) So like, I need to be recovered by a certain point because, you know, I have to be able to take care of a newborn and I have to travel eight plus hours in the car. Mm-hmm. so she was like oh shit so anyways um 
yeah, she worked miracles and magical and um, was able to make it happen for me. So in September, I ended up having some surgery and uh, recovered essentially from September until the end of October when we were getting ready to go to hang out with our surrogate at about 37 weeks because of her past history of her last two babes coming really quick. Did not want to risk not being there um, because even if we got word when her labor started, she's so far away from us that we would probably miss it because we'd be on the road. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we wanted to be there. So we went early. Um, thankfully, I was able to uh, bridge some work. So mm-hmm. I was able to work remotely, which was awesome. It, it was such a good distraction. Um, it was awesome for me because I had you to help me plan the most busiest time of the year, which is our flu clinics. So I was so happy Elle was able to just set them all up before she left me yes. by myself. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely tried to, I mean, I, I looked back to, and I was working three weeks post-op. Yeah. I was already logging in and, and working or whatever. I was just determined to keep myself busy. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I just needed, my mind needed to be active. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we hung out, um, we hung out with our surrogate, with our kids. It was at the end of October. So we got to have Halloween mm-hmm. uh, together with them and we went carrot picking, never went carrot picking before. <laughs> carrot so, picking, not I mean, cherry or apple, but carrots. Only in the country, only in the country, man. <laughs> not down where we live, only in the country. And you go carrot picking. <laughs> But I tell you, it was the absolute best tasting carrots I've ever had in my entire life. So good. So, I, you know, we're working away. It's fine. Um, so what we did was we had a little um, thanks to another one of our guests that we were talking to. Um, she was doing a countdown calendar and was marking yes. off the days. Yes. So for the month, I think we started late. We started in like maybe September. So for the month of October, we were checking off our days, right? So we had um, our original due date was the 12th. Mm-hmm. So we had had all of our sort of guesses from our close family and friends and ourselves of when we thought that baby was coming. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll, I'll never forget, we were uh, sitting and we were looking through the calendar and we're like, oh my gosh, like, look at all these people on these dates and that date, whatever. Um, like, we'll wonder when, you know, she's going to come. Right. So we had, we had got there, we were settled in and there's really small town, one little tiny hospital. And we go to the prenatal appointment and he says that, you know, like, um, I won't be here this weekend <laughs> and my backup is coming with me. So there's no one to deliver a baby this weekend. Should you go into labor? My jaw just about hit the floor. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I've never heard of this before in my life. Like Mm-mm. we come from huge hospitals, like yeah. some biggest, you know, renowned hospitals. And he's just like, yeah, so, uh, you know, don't, don't labor or you can drive to the nearest town, which is an hour and a half away. Oh my gosh. Or to the second nearest town, which is like two plus hours away. And remember we're Northern Ontario. <laughs> So there's no snow where you and I live, but there's already weather by up there, yeah. you know, in October. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm you know, thinking we're going to have this baby on the side of the road <laughs> with a moose. <laughs> <laughs> they so, were both at a conference. It was a conference that they had to go the whole weekend, the whole weekend. I remember you telling me that. 
whole weekend there at the conference. <laughs> so we were like, um, we're going to sit on the couch for the weekend and we're not moving and you're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. We're just going to sit and, and make the time to pass. So, uh, you know, we, we celebrated when we knew that they were back home again. Oh. Uh, luckily we did not need any of their services that weekend. Thank you. God. Um, everything went according to plan. Yeah. <laughs> in my life. We have the calendar, right? So now we're like, okay, so now we're free. You know, the doctors are here. So we're going to look and see, you know, so we're marking down the days, crossing off all, you lost the bet, you lost the bet as the days are ticking on. So we went to our next, the next week passed, we went to the next prenatal appointment and um, they did a stretch and sweep that day. So she was like, oh, I had it done for my previous pregnancies and nothing really happened. Um, You know, they had to do it twice, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. So we're sitting that night and she kept like, when she was on the couch, she kept shifting. And I noticed she was kind of like, but like she would kind of like push on her belly, like lift it up and kind of like, just kept like fidgeting. So I said to my husband, when we went back to the hotel, I'm like, I wonder if it's going to make her go into labor shortly. Mm. And um, I, I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. So sitting down now I'm by myself, my husband's in bed sleeping and I'm looking at the calendar. And I'm like, oh, I wonder, because I had two dates. Yeah. I'm the mom, so I'm allowed to have as many guesses as I want. Cheater. Uh, <laughs> so I had two dates. So I was looking at it and I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, like what date it's going to be. Anyways, I couldn't sleep, of course, because I have insomnia at the best of times. Um, so I finally fell asleep. I think it was around two o'clock in the morning and get a phone call at 6 a.m. our surrogate calls and she's like hi good morning and we're dead asleep and I my husband shoots out of the bed all I see is him running past me I don't even have my eyes open yet he's already out the bed running she hasn't even said anything she just said good morning and she's like what are you guys doing and I'm like just hanging out what are you doing meanwhile I'm fucking snoring because I'm sleeping (laughs) She's like, uh, you feel like having a baby today? And then I sit up in the bed and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, um, she said, you know, my contraction started about 4.30 or something like that. Um, it's now six o'clock. And um, she's like, you know, they're not, they're regular and they're not that close together or something like that. So she's like, you guys can, you know, take your time. You don't have to shoot here right away. So we're like, okay, fine. So we get, we're getting ready and we have everything already packed because we had packed from home. So all of our stuff is already in suitcases, ready to go. Mm-hmm. So luckily it was, you know, very uh, smooth, not like a, you know, home alone situation. Scrambling, scrambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're running around, right? Um, anyway, so uh, we were getting ready to run out of the door. My husband's like, do I have time to make a coffee? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure. Make a coffee. So he was making me laugh like you think you thought that like I would be crying or I would be scared or nervous or whatever I just fucking laughed for the whole time that we were getting ready that morning like it was almost on the verge of like tears because I was laughing so hard the whole time and um just watching him run around nervously just it just made me kill myself laughing so then she sends a text and she's like they're, they're starting to get a little bit closer. So, you know, don't rush, but like, you know, start to hurry up, I guess. Yeah. So um, we were at her house at 625. Like, you know what I mean? We got the call at six. We were there at 625. So uh, she had me monitor her contractions on her app and her phone or whatever. She's walking around 
she has her hand on her back and she's kind of pacing, pacing, whatever. And she's having a conversation. You wouldn't think that she was in labor. Like it's just second nature. It was just so natural. So I'm looking at the contractions and I'm marking it, whatever, as they're coming in. So I'm looking at them and I'm seeing like two minutes, 45, two minutes, 40, two minutes, 45. Like it's steady at two minutes. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at her and she's like, we should probably make our way over to the hospital now. This is around seven o'clock. We're like, okay. So we pack up and we go now to the hospital, which is all two seconds away. Um, so within five minutes, we were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So now we're, it's different again. So in our hospitals, we have like a separate area for labor and delivery that you triage and check into. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the small town hospital, you go through emerge and check in through emerge. Oh, wow. So she's checking in with the emerge, the triage nurse where and she's taking her sweet ass time. <laughs> like, you know, thinking that, you know, she has 15 hours and our surrogate is like a labor quick. <laughs> so, you know, hurry up, mm-hmm. check me in. And she was like, oh, you know, we're short staffed this morning and whatever, whatever. And we're all standing there like, we don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do your job, just, get me a bed. Hurry up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So um, we're standing there, we're waiting. And then Finally, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll take you through this hallway. I don't know where the hell we were going. We had to turn around the corner and we went to this hallway. So she's like, you can stand in this room. It was a, a patient room. Stand in this room, but don't sit on the bed. Don't touch anything. So I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So, and imagine now my husband, I got a kid. It's so funny. My husband is standing there and he, we have our winter jackets on because it's cold. He has my bags. He has our baby's bags. He has our surrogate's bags. He has his toque on his head. (laughs) Sweating. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He's sweating his ass off. So he's, we forgot our water bottles, of course, because we all had water bottles as well. So he's like, I'm going to run to the car and get our water bottles. (laughs) So we're like, okay, fine. He was probably so hot. He needed to go cool off. So he gets, uh, he goes, he goes, gets the water bottle. Uh, he's getting the water bottles. And as he gets the, uh, he's outside or whatever, our surrogate turns around to me and she's like, uh, my water just broke. Holy shit. So I'm like, what the fuck? So she's like, uh, are you ready to deliver this baby on this bed here? And I'm like, no, I'm not that kind of nurse. I don't know how to do this. No, no. <laughs> so she tells the, she tells the nurse. Now, so now we start to see, there's again, there's no, it's ghost town. There's nobody in the hallway, not a patient, not a monitor, not a fucking nurse, not a doctor, nobody, not even a little mouse, nobody. Mm. So she's standing out in the hallway and she sees a nurse walk by and she's like, my water just broke. Like you guys are going to have to hurry up. You know, <laughs> baby's coming. We're standing in the hall waiting. And then all of a sudden the nurses start bumping around and they're moving faster. So they're getting the actual labor room ready. Mm. I didn't know at the time. I'm wondering what the hell they were doing. <laughs> like, where is everyone? So they were getting the labor room ready. So my husband comes back with the waters and we're like, uh, her water just broke. <laughs> um, so then uh, we're like, do we have, uh, I think she said like, t- let's take one more picture as you know, the three of us before it becomes four of us. Oh. So I look back at the timestamp on that and it was 7.15. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this all happened so, so short where I feel like we were living a 14 hour, like I feel like it was 14 hours in like four minutes. It was really strange. So we walk over to the labor room now because they're finally ready for us 45 years later. And um, she gets onto the bed, 
you know, and the doctor comes in the room, they try to put the monitor on the heart rate monitor so they yeah. can uh, assess the baby's heart rate or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was really tight and uncomfortable. So like her contractions were starting to get more regular and stronger and she was going into like active labor. So she was starting to feel more uncomfortable. So I'm standing there. I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. it's the only thing I could say the whole time. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Um, and you just, I thought we had so much more time uh, yeah. to, pre- to prepare. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is going to take a while, you know? And um, so the doctor comes in nonchalantly and he's like, do I have time to put my gloves on? And we're like, I hope so. Like, <laughs> I hope you put your gloves on. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, she's like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of pressure or whatever. So he checks her and he's like, yeah, he's like, you're nine, 10 centimeters dilated. So whenever you want to push, like, just go ahead. So we kind of all, we kind of all look at each other. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're already pushing? Like, what, what is happening? So uh I don't even know if I, I don't even like my, my husband was standing to my right. And then we were standing both on the left side of our, the surrogate. Of our okay. surrogate. So we were up at, up at her head, right. Standing yeah. Beside her. And we were standing together. Yeah. I don't even know what, I don't even know if we were looking at each other or what we did anything. Um, all I remember is her asking me because I had her phone in my pocket and I remember her asking me for her phone. And then, so she, she, I gave her, I gave her her phone and then she started pushing and in two pushes, baby was out. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Two pushes. Amazing. Yeah. So labor started at 4.30 in the morning. We got the call at six. We got to the hospital by five after seven. And she was born at 7.35. So from that <laughs> picture, where's a family of three? 7.15. And then the baby. 7.35. She was there. Holy moly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so, so again, our surrogate is like literally top notch. <laughs> she starts fucking recording. She starts videoing my husband and myself and the baby. Oh my as soon gosh. as the baby's born, it's not even, de- she's not even detached from her yet. Like her placenta is still attached and she's already <laughs> recording for us. Oh my um, gosh. And she was helping. Like, so I was in complete, um, La La Land. I was in shock, mm-hmm. like a hundred percent. I was in shock, and I had forgot everything. I didn't. I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know anything. Like I was in a complete bubble. Wow. And so she was the one that was reminding me of what mm-hmm. our birth plan was. <laughs> like here I am. I'm one. I'm the fucking nurse. Like I'm a healthcare professional. <laughs> Two. I I've helped create this birth plan three, I'm not the one that fucking labored. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? Like health wise, I'm cool. And she was videoing us and helping me for what we wanted to do. Cause I wanted to do skin to skin, but she came out so fast through. I had, I had my clothes on. I had no time for skin to skin. So, uh, she was the one that was helping me to like, remind me like, you know, L you want to do skin to skin. I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I do. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was in complete shock. I, I just, I remember saying like, and in the video, I keep saying, Oh my God, I just kept saying, Oh my God. And like, I think I was saying something like, I can't believe this is happening. And like, 
I, I, was, I remember like thinking in my head, like after all this time, like she's here, she's finally here. And it was like an outer body experience. And it, because it happened so fast that I didn't have time to process anything. Mm-hmm. But, like when she was like being born, also she shot out like a rocket. <laughs> So it wasn't even like she was pushing for a long time where I have time to think and process. No, like it was like she was talking to me one second standing and the next second she's on the fucking bed and the baby's out. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was literally an outer body experience and she was here and she's ours. And like I said, I cried when she was coming out and Kate first came out Mm -hmm. and then it was like switch flipped and kind of I went into like mommy mode and <laughs> it was like the euphoria just kind of kicked in and I, I don't know and because me I'm a crier like any type of emotion if I'm want too far one way or the other I'm gonna cry angry some, happy sad yeah for some reason when I'm in like these really intense kind of situations where I think I'm gonna be super emotional I'm not which is really really weird like your wedding like you didn't, my cry. You didn't exactly. cry at your wedding. Yeah. My wedding day, I didn't cry mm-hmm. um, where I thought I was going to ruin my makeup for sure. Mm-hmm. It was same kind of idea. I don't think I cried until the evening when mm. it was just the three of us in the room and it was quiet and my husband was sleeping and the baby was sleeping and I'm staring at the three, like three of us, like what the hell just happened? <laughs> <sighs> Is this real? Yeah. I mean, I guess as an IP, you want something like this. You want it to be so super fast, so healthy, smooth, like yes. to push your boom. But then to actually experience it, you didn't have time to really go through your emotions. There's no flashbacks or was there? Was there any flashbacks of the last seven years? Like, baby, or it was just no. total? No. <laughs> I actually, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about the baby. I was thinking about our surrogate. Oh, because at that point when she was starting to push is the only time she like made noise that she was uncomfortable Mm -hmm. up until that point, every contraction, she just kind of breathed through it and she was quiet and I could see that she was uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but she didn't seem like she was in a lot of pain and discomfort Mm -hmm. and to watch her go through an intense amount of pain because let's face it it doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. it was very quick but she was in that like intense amount of pain while she was you know at the point of pushing Mm -hmm. it was horrifying for me it was it was terrible to watch another human being in pain Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. you know so I was thinking of her and I was thinking uh like making like I was wanting her to be okay and not feel pain Mm-hmm. if that made if that makes any sense like it does it does because it, it only was literally two minutes so that's all I had time to think about mm-hmm. and then when she when she came out the baby came out I was trying again I was in that like bubble but at the same time I'm trying to look at her and I'm like thinking running through like the checklist in my mind because now here's my nursing kind of scientific mind kicking in right mm-hmm. so I'm looking at her I'm like okay she's an okay color She's crying. She's breathing. I'm looking at her toes and looking at her fingers, like hey, 10 toes, 10 fingers. You know what I mean? Like you're going through the check. Oh, it really is a fucking girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, they took, then they took her over to the, 
little isolette and they weigh her and they measure her and then they warm her up and they wrap her up with a little hat on and stuff like that. Right. So as they're doing that, I'm like, and they're, they got the stethoscope and they're listening to her. I'm like, does she sound okay? Is her heartbeat okay? Is she breathing okay? Like, you know, I, I standing there, like I know nothing, even though I, to look at her, I know that she's fine. Mm -hmm. It was like, I knew absolutely nothing about anything (laughs) medical. Yeah. Wow. It was a huge mind fuck. Huge. I mean, it's just, it's fitting to my story. So. <laughs> you froze. You choked. You froze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't have to do anything. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So eight years, almost eight years, and, you know, uh, extremely large amount of pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. And heartbreak and it was all over in a matter of 20 minutes <laughs> I didn't have to stress about it for that long I don't think I could have watched her for 12 or 16 hours you know someone would labor for, for so long I would have been on the floor crying I would have been on the floor a fucking mess I think I would honestly it would yeah. have I would have like as much as they're feeling it physically IPs are feeling it emotionally because mm-hmm. it's horrible it's a horrible you don't want to ever see anyone that you love in pain right much less someone that you've come to love because they're doing this really you know selfless act of love for you so you said it was quiet your husband was sleeping you're holding the baby what were you feeling then to really remind you hey this is for real I kept trying to like say to myself like you want to be you want to be present you want to you know, be in the moment and absorb it all and feel it all and really take it all in and enjoy all of it. And I just kept, I remember saying like, I can't believe she's here. I can't Mm -hmm. believe she's here after all this time. I still fucking say it to this day. Yeah. It's been months and I still cannot believe she's here. I still look at her in disbelief. You're just, again, like I said, it's so hard for you to feel as though you deserve that happiness or that you are going to have that happiness not so much that you deserve it or not but mm-hmm. so um I had said before that there's a small town and it's a small hospital and so I kept saying the labor and delivery floor like when we were talking because in my experience um you know even clinically it's a it's a whole floor dedicated maternal child floor, right? Mm -hmm. You have your labor and delivery and then you have your postpartum and you have your NICU or your baby nursery. But they only have one floor like for the whole fucking hospital. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and there's two labor and delivery rooms and three postpartum rooms. That's it. And then like the rooms down from that are medicine rooms. And then the rooms down from that is like a surgical room. It's like all the same. It's very, very strange. Very, very strange. They don't have a nursery. Like they don't have a NICU. They have a tiny like isolate in the corner of one room where they bathe the babies and they have to call like down to sick kids or um, CHEO, which I think is in Ottawa. I think so. Uh, anyways, they call them to talk to their pediatricians to tell them what to do. And then they end up, they'll end up airlifting the babies out if they need any assistance wow. because they don't have, they don't have a pediatrician. <laughs> so it's very foreign to me and very like, that was extremely you know, anxiety provoking in that, like, I need my team, you need your healthcare professionals behind you in your corner. Mm-hmm. And they're delivering doctors, they're not even OBs, they're family docs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh... Yes. 
yeah, it's a one-stop shop. Their family, like they have a family health team who yeah. works in the building across the street from the hospital and they deliver and they do all the prenatal and postnatal care. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So how was the hospital overall, like the staffing and everything in relating to your birth plan? Yeah. So luckily they have done surrogacy before. Um, Mm -hmm. Because in the tiny town, there's another surrogate who's been a surrogate, I think, twice. Oh. So she has had a couple um, of births already. So the hospital was actually really accommodating. They knew already what to do. Um, They had had, I think, one of her surrogacies was an international surrogacy. So a little bit different as far as like the paperwork and everything goes. So one of the nurses was chatting with me about it because she was saying how she was, you know, lucky enough to meet them, the IPs when they had their baby um, and go through the process and whatever. But she's like, it's so much easier like with you guys because we live in the same province and country. Mm -hmm. Um, So far less paperwork. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, they were really great. Like on the, the baby card, like they made sure it was our name that was on there and we had our own room. Um, Our surrogate was right next door. So that's okay. Yeah. The first day, like the day that the baby was born, we went and hung out with her. And then the next day she came and hung out in our room with us. Um, But we had our own space to be able to, you know, if she wanted to go and have a lie down and rest, she had her own space to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, her mom would come and visit us. And she was absolute godsend because we never thought that you need food. (laughs) So... (laughs) Apparently we're human and we do need to eat still, even when you have a baby. So mm-hmm. she would, she would bring us food. Um, I mean, the hospital was great. They gave us food, but. Really? But do you really like hospital food? Right. Yeah. It's not the greatest. <laughs> so, um, and then once we were discharged home, we all went home together, all of us. And we dropped our surrogate off at her house. Yeah. And then, then we went over like back to our hotel with, with our baby, the three of us. And we stayed on in her town for a couple more days um, because she has her two kids and um, she wanted, because of the pandemic and everything, there was no visitors allowed, right? Mm. The kids weren't allowed to come in and see us. So we really wanted the kids to spend that time with us and the baby and just kind of see the final picture and, you know, closure for us as well to be able to not like, we didn't want to just be like, thanks so much for doing this life changing, you know, amazing thing. Bye we're gone which is it some oddly some couples in other countries and other areas might be that case but you have such a unique friendship and foundation or different relationship with your surrogate yeah uh yeah far more or less business-like transaction Mm -hmm. i think in some countries Mm -hmm. like the united states i think some of them are some arrangements can be a little bit more business-like mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even still, if they have a good relationship, like they could still have great communication and a good relationship. Maybe they just don't get that close. Yeah. I don't know. Or also too, it's hard because the circuit's going through so many different emotions and physical yes. changes as well, because for nine months, it was about her. Yeah. She was the center because she was the one that was carrying the child. Yeah. And now as a child's born, it shifts. Because mm-hmm. now your focus is no longer on the surrogate. Your focus is now on your baby that's here. Yeah. So, and she has to heal mentally. Yeah. She has to heal emotionally. She has to heal physically. Physically, yeah. Right? And um, I mean, it's something that they all sign up for, knowing full and well 
Mm-hmm. So it's not ever a question, you know what I mean? About the whole, with the coming home without the baby kind of thing, but they still have, it's still a physical thing that happens to them. They still have to heal. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how, how has it been still with your surrogate? It's been great. Our friendship has continued, you know, the same as before Perfect. the baby was born. Yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. Aww. And you still like FaceTime her and all that and show your baby to her and yeah, like her she, auntie. <laughs> she gets, uh, yeah, she's an honorary auntie and um, she gets inundated with cuteness overload all the time <laughs> with pictures <laughs> of our little one. And um, yeah, we FaceTime. That way we can, she can see the baby and we can see the kids and, and chit chat and everything. Awesome. Now, something that I definitely want you to talk about, and I think it is just so neat, is your baby girl's middle name. Mm-hmm. So um, we were tossing back and forth a couple of them, like a couple of different names, and it just things weren't like fitting, like the puzzle pieces just weren't coming together and meh, nothing really kind of sounded nice. So um, when we were driving up to go uh, to stay in, with our surrogate, um, we were like rhyming off all the different names, and it was so fun to be able to like think of like different baby names and stuff. So my husband had you know ixnade a couple of them. I had said no to a couple of them. So we're like, okay, we well, you know what are we gonna do anyway? So when she was here, we were kind of like mulling over names back and forth, and. Um, I remember from when I was getting the room ready, I was walking around a store Mm -hmm. and I found this plaque, a kind of wooden frame picture. And it says, find joy in the journey. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, it just stuck with me. And it was in one of our other episodes with one of our other guests. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were showing each other the signs that we Mm -hmm. both had because she had one too. And joy just kept like playing in my mind. And I, it, it sounded nice with our last name. And I just kept saying like, I like joy. I think that, you know, it would be really great. And um, my husband didn't want it as a first name and I, I wanted it as a first name. So when we're sitting there with her, um, I said, what about her middle name? So then we started saying her full name together and it just, it just flowed perfectly. And she is our joy. So share her middle name's joy. (laughs) She's your joy. She is. (laughs) Thank God nobody can see me but you. (laughs) I'm an ugly crier. But they're happy tears. They are. Finally. Yeah. The joy... Has finally come after seven years of pain and agony. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to my uh, 17-part saga (laughs) (laughs) over the last eight years. And I would like to say that I held it together for four parts. (laughs) And I only broke down at the end of the last part. And for good reason, because our little baby is amazing. Um, I really hope that, you know this story helps to provide hope um, in that, you know, things sometimes don't always work out the way that you've planned, 
but you know, things do come to an end and sometimes you get to your end goal in a different way than what you thought mm-hmm. you originally, you know, planned for. And uh, it's been quite a ride and I'm sure as hell glad it's over. <laughs> and now we can sit back and enjoy. Although, you know, we have a shit ton more to continue to talk about because we have to continue to educate. And I'm, you know, I've never been happier in my entire life. Like I, I can truly say that I feel whole and complete now, but infertility haunts you. Mm-hmm. So although it's wonderful, you know, rainbows and sunshine, because, you know, we do have our joy. Um, infertility fucking creeps up when you least expect it. it and, you know, away. no, it rears its ugly little fucking head and uh, still hangs out with you. Mm. So, you know, you got to put it in your back pocket and it's just, it's a part of you, right? Mm-hmm. It's bad, like we said before, right? It's battle scars that we wear and that we'll forever have with us. Um, I did kind of think, you know, naively that oh, once my baby was born, I was just going to, you know, be this wonderful person and uh, not have any cares in the world anymore. And that's not the case, unfortunately. So I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble. <laughs> um, but it's worth it. It is worth it at the end. If you say so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. So see everyone, there are ups and L is proof of that. So keep pushing. <laughs> Even though I questioned if there were any ever any ups. <laughs> <laughs> I know I proved you wrong. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so uh yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, in any project, including the baby project, you must take things one step at a time. Got a question for us? Or perhaps you would like to share your story and be a guest on our podcast. Feel free to connect with us by emailing us at thebabyproject underscore at outlook.com or DM us on Instagram at thebabyproject underscore. Thanks for listening.